1: Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I've Never Told You, production of iHeartRadio.
0: How are you doing today, Samantha? You know, I'm really, I'm, I'm good today, I think. Uh, I kind of forgot what day it was. I thought it was Monday. Because, you know, things don't exist anymore. Right. Um, I've been running around a little... Crazy. I don't know why. I accomplished one of my goals in learning how to use social media better. So, I feel like I'm slowly on an uphill. Mm -hmm. Also, today in in Georgia is Giving Tuesday. Yes. So, I made sure to find all of my favorite organizations to be a part of and celebrate with. So, yeah. I feel like I've accomplished a lot more than typical on this day. Nice. Nice. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm tired. Um... I have been, I had our, our epic May the 4th be with you, and today is Revenge of the 5th. Um, and so I've been very busy with my nerdery, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but also quite productive. And um, I, I appreciate the reminder about Giving Tuesday. Yeah. And today's also my little brother's birthday. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday. Yeah. It definitely doesn't listen, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. I'm not mad. Yeah, not and mad. you know what? As you're talking about May the 4th, I forgot that I did not do my, it's gonna be May. <laughs> Is that Welcome like your May the 4th? Well, just because like I did love sync, and it was one of my favorite m- memes mm-hmm. in the past. So I was like, you know, we gotta, because first of all, I thought as we were recording last week, it was February still. So yeah, I've caught up at least.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I like taking, if there's one thing I'm, Trying to take away from this pandemic. I'm trying to find like the silver linings. I do appreciate that I've almost become a lot kinder to myself now, where I'll be like, you know what? <laughs> you can find joy in these little things and it doesn't have to feel frivolous. And you can feel like you are being productive, even if it's just, you know, I made a really silly, I cannot wait to show pictures of it. I'm saving right. it because I haven't done it yet, but uh, I made a very silly diorama for Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and we're going to play for virtually for the first time this Friday and I cannot wait to show them but there's a time we're doing that spending that long on essentially a box with some figurines in it.
0: I'm looking for hobbies to pick up because as you know I've been playing tons and tons of phone games. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes you have.
0: Um, (laughs) Yes. Including one of our sponsors. Mm -hmm. Best Fiends. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Actually I've accelerated a lot. On that, and I need to stop that. Uh, But also, no, uh, I've decided I wanted to do some knitting. So I've been talking to a good friend of mine who is a big knitter, and she and I have been discussing how to get started. So, yeah, box dioramas and (laughs) knitting. Come on, we're
1: (laughs) the best. Your habit, your uh, hobby, might be a bit better than mine. I can't wait for you to see it. I can't wait.
0: I'm excited to see it, one. Two, my hobby hasn't really started, and Mm. the level of frustration that's probably going to happen at the beginning may end up making me quit, so we're not going (laughs) to... Yeah. Put too much sure. e- like expectation on it, okay. but yeah, I'm glad I'm trying something new.
1: We'll check in on you later about the knitting. I'm sure some <laughs> listeners have some
0: tips. Um, I have a feeling I'm going to stab myself a couple of times, so it's I fine. I think that's part of the process.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, well, today, I just wanted to check in. Always a delight yes. to see you. Um, today, we are not just talking about knitting and D&D dioramas. Uh, we are talking about essential workers, what that means, and how it specifically impacts women. And the day I was researching this, I guess that was uh, May 1st, Mm -hmm. uh, the essential workers were on strike across the country.
0: And we've seen a lot of backlash with the protests, including firings and dismissing of whistleblowers at the workplace, which is honestly a whole other conversation of unionization and rights of workers. But again, is a different topic altogether. And we should talk about it eventually, come back to what that looks like, especially for women and females and those who are intersectional and how they are unprotected from a lot of this backlash. But yeah, as we are talking about it, we know that there's a big conversation with Amazon, with Whole Foods, with all of those different places and whether or not they're protecting their workers. Yeah, Um, And as we know, they have all been deemed essential workers. And what is essential workers? It varies from state to state, but a lot of these essential jobs are held by women. And a lot of the women are women of color and are low wage. So they don't come with paid leave, don't come with the option to work from home. And 62% of low wage and minimum income workers, again, are women. And some people are making more on unemployment. But again, to get on unemployment, you generally have to be fired or furloughed. And at this point, hope you get through the system. This is probably one of the reasons the death rate is higher in the black and brown communities, which we will talk about as we keep going. Right. A New York Times analysis
1: reported on by Campbell Robertson and Robert Gebeloff, found that one in three jobs held by women have been deemed essential, and the likeliest group to be doing an essential job are women of color. Women make up 52% of the essential jobs workforce. And the article went on to break it down by sector. Here's a quote. Women make up nearly 9 out of 10 nurses and nursing assistants, most respiratory therapists, a majority of pharmacists, and an overwhelming majority of pharmacy aides and technicians. More than two-thirds of the workers at grocery store checkouts and fast food counters are women. Uh, In contrast, 28% of male employees have been identified as essential
0: so if we focus in on the medical field specifically, almost four out of five workers are women. There are estimated 5.8 million healthcare jobs that pay less than 30000 a year. And half of those jobs performed are by people of color, and 83% of them are done by women. Eight out of 10 home and personal care aides, again, are women. It's physically and emotionally demanding work, too. Healthcare workers experience non-fatal work injuries at a higher rate than their employees in construction and manufacturing sectors. And the CDC recently released a study finding that since the beginning of the outbreak, 73% of known infected medical workers in the U.S. have been women. Women
1: exposing themselves to COVID-19 are frequently earning less than male counterparts, which means it's harder for women to leave jobs they might feel unsafe at because they have less financial wiggle room. And the gender wage gap is worse for women of color. And not being properly compensated, women in general are likelier to hold lower-paying jobs, not being protected, oftentimes not even noticed. Essential work, often done by women, is, and long has been, undervalued.
0: And all of this on top of being the primary caregivers to children now at home all day long. A recent survey found that 67.5% of black mothers and 41.4% of Latinx mothers are the sole breadwinner of their families. And for white mothers, that number is 37%. According to the UN
1: Global Compact Academy globally, women already do three times more unpaid work when compared to men, and 60% of women work in the, quote, informal sector without access to structural protections. Also, women have traditionally done a majority of the home cooking and grocery shopping, two things that have become More necessary, complicated, and anxiety-inducing. Things like planning for two weeks, planning around shortages, keeping in mind when things are running low and need to be replaced, managing schooling schedules for children, keeping them entertained... This is not just anecdotal. There is research backing it up already. And this has more implications in terms of women's careers. Already there's been a decrease in academic papers submitted by women. Uh, Researchers speculate that this could later impact women's chances at promotions and raises. And there are extra expectations on jobs too. For example, setting up FaceTime so that families of patients can virtually be with their loved ones, quarantining from your family, um... So today I went grocery shopping for the first time in three weeks, and it was so stressful for me, but I was only in there for about 20 minutes. And for these essential workers, that stress just every day having to deal with that, that takes a toll.
0: Right. Um, and another thing, women sew a majority of the masks. A lot of them are donated, so they aren't even getting paid. And those that are, as companies pivot to make them, are largely composed of Latinx and Asian Americans who are undercompensated. And there is a long history of women being asked to make things largely for free and volunteer during the disasters.
1: Right. On the flip side of the essential worker, we have to look at job loss. Black and Latinx, uh, people are losing their jobs at the highest rates. Looking specifically at the hospitality industry, around 90% of housekeepers are women. Many of these women are women of color, immigrants, and or refugees. Many don't have any money saved. A lot of them are single mothers. And in some cities, up to 90% of hotel workers have lost their jobs.
0: Of course, in childcare jobs, largely dominated by women, around 90% have seen cuts up to 72%. And a lot of them, again, are women of color and have been working on extremely low wages to begin with, and oftentimes with little to no benefits, including paid time off.
1: And that is something I would love to come back to you and talk about in a future episode. But for now, we have to talk about job loss. But before we get into that, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors.
0: This episode is brought to you by Arches and Halos.
1: Between being on video calls all day, having to wear masks everywhere, and now using our eyes and only our eyes to smile at people, it feels like the main thing people notice now are our eyes.
0: Arches and Halos is our favorite brow products. that is so easy to find, pick up, and with a few quick steps, have the most amazing brows ever. They have professional quality
1: products at the perfect price point. Celebrity makeup artists use arches and halos because of how well done
0: the formulas are. And they are half the price of department store brands. They have eight color shades to choose from. Everything from sunny blonde to auburn to charcoal. Everyone is represented. They cater to women and men of all brow shapes and sizes. Embrace your natural brow. And they're all about individuality. Brow tools for all looks and style needs. You can use for dramatic or natural look. They have an amazing range of products, too, from tweezers, razors, pencils, pomade, mousses,
1: gels, all kinds of things. Find Arches and Halos on your next trip to Target and Walgreens. Arches and Halos Professional Brow Grooming. Be bold, be you.
0: This episode is brought to you by Quip. When's the last time you got rewarded for brushing your teeth? With Quip's new Smart Electric Toothbrush, good habits can earn you great perks like free products, gift cards, and more.
1: The Quip Smart Brush for adults and kids connects to the Quip app with Bluetooth so you can track when you're brushing, get tips, you can earn
0: points, and you can redeem those points for rewards. Already have a Quip? Upgrade it with a smart motor and keep the features you know and love. And beyond the brush, Quip has everything you need to build a complete routine, eco-friendly solar battery charger to power your Quip with sunshine, and the refresh bike to bring you good oral care habits everywhere you go.
1: Plus, you can get brush head, toothpaste, and floss refills delivered from $5. And
0: shipping is free. How smart is that? Start getting rewards for brushing your teeth today and go to getquip.com stuffmom right now to get your first refill free. That is your first refill free at getquip.com stuffmom. Spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash stuffmom. Quip, better oral health made simple and rewarding.
1: And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Something else we wanted to touch on that there's been a lot of conversation about lately is PPP. So if you don't know what that is, here in the United States, um, over 50% of small businesses that have employees face immediate or near-term risk. To combat that, the government launched the Payment Protection Program, PPP. But as you've probably heard, the program hasn't been super successful thus far. The site was overwhelmed and crashed pretty much immediately. And then all this news started coming out about big companies like the Lakers and Shake Shack getting millions uh, because they get white glove treatment from banks. Millions that was meant to go to small businesses. Uh, Definitely those are not small businesses. And thanks to systemic structural racism and sexism when it comes to things like getting loans, most of these companies are owned by white men. So not having access to a safety structure like this is impacting women and people of color more.
0: Right. And some women are turning to things like Bumble to find business partners and loans. And we know that businesses and companies like Spanx have been offering small uh, business loans for women of color specifically, as well as women-owned businesses. So that's inspiring to see, but unfortunate that we have to go to that route in order to get any kind of assistance. Mm-hmm. And then the UN Global Compact has made some recommendations for companies to support women during this time, like including women in decision-making process. What a thought. <laughs> and supporting working parents and remembering a lot of the unpaid work when it comes to childcare falls to women.
1: It is interesting. I, won- I hope that one day in the future, people look back... And the the very fact that the U.N. had to make a recommendation, include right. women, in decision-making will be laughable or weird. Like, right. they had to tell people <laughs> to do
0: that. I mean, even as we talk about it, the U- U.N. has—was it right before or right at the beginning when they were um, talking about it being a world pandemic? Actually discussing the fact for women's issues and women's rights being something that's important to the U.N. and should it be a part of their policies— and it took a 2020 to have that conversation, <laughs> and we're still having to have that conversation, mm-hmm. says a lot. It does. It does. Uh, well,
1: back to um, <laughs> small businesses. Yeah. In the U.S., boosting the unemployment insurance structure is something that uh, has been recommended. Paid family leave, again, feels like, yes, we should have that. Uh, raising the minimum wage. Implementing tools for easier access to banks, emergency childcare and housing programs, providing personal protective equipment or PPE, those kinds of things to help people during this get through this.
0: Right. And I think something that we also should talk about is, right now, essential workers do include domestic work. Um, and I know we kind of went around about it, but I know many a nannies who are still employed at this point in time and traveling to homes because they are trying to assist with... <laughs> Education, as well as childcare, as mm-hmm. it is a daily thing. Um, and we do see that it's not necessarily being called essential work. And at the same time, it's kind of that trickle effect when someone who is in the medical field are leaning on these other domestic workers to come in and assist as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also providing care, all of that. Yeah. Um, and this is
1: just another very stark, terrifying. Example of how essential work is largely women's work. It's women who are making our society work and run and providing the basics we need to survive. And we don't value it. And we don't compensate right. it. And we're just expecting people to risk their, their lives and the lives of the people they love uh, for no pay. And, like, mm-hmm. just do it. It's your job, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, if there's a chance coming out of this, we can reevaluate the things like the division of labor when it comes to the household, undervaluing of women's work, the structural sexism and racism inherent in a lot of our society and the way programs work. That... I hope I hope that we will um I'm glad we're having these conversations, and we need to continue to have them. I'm afraid that if we don't, these things will actually get worse coming out of it. um these essential workers are doing more than risking their lives so that we can stay home. They're keeping our community going, so
0: All right. we see you, and we thank you, yeah, and I think that's also again, it's a really big subject and we probably need to talk about it as everybody is starting to slowly reopen as protests are happening with a statement that the government are infringing on their rights to be able to go out. And we see many of ridiculous protest signs that says, I need a haircut. Mm-hmm. Um, and along those lines, it seems like with things like that happening with those types of protests, people are not actually valuing what essential workers are. And even though you have this ridiculous line of Heroes and warriors and uh, all this war talk about the essential workers and how much they're needed. We are not actually caring for their health. We care more about our ability to have a hobby or mm-hmm. to, again, look nice for some reason, as opposed to thinking about what this does to A, restaurant workers, B, grocery workers, C, medical field who is going to be, once again, overwhelmed and overrun with our inability to maintain a healthy boundary. Yeah. So I think that as we talk about essential workers, we cannot forget the downfall as well as the many of implications and the dangers and the risks we are putting the essential workers at as we are trying to move forward too fast because we are antsy essentially. Totally.
1: Um, And when I was researching this, um, I read a lot of articles where people, essential workers, were interviewed and one thing they said that stood out to me is a lot of them said, people are treating me nicer, but they should have been treating me nicer to begin with. Right, And that they hope coming out of this, that that will stay, and I hope so too, but Yes, we should be treating people with kindness all the time. Right. right. Yeah. Mm. Um, we were Samantha and I were talking. I'm trying to think of a, a positive, a funny thing we could end on. And <laughs> we were talking about we're going to get quarantine cuts at some point. I'm sorry. We did. We said this. Well, we did were we, ju- we were just discussing. Like, I've already cut my bangs myself.
0: Uh, I don't have bangs really. So
1: you're just gonna. I, I'm actually ex- kind of in a weird way excited to see everybody's hair when we have all can emerge. <laughs> right.
0: I I have always been that person that she cuts my hair short and then lets it grow out for six months. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's what's going to end up happening. I will say I've had my short haircut for about two years now. So, you know, that's that. But it's not going to be a complete shock. I was really hoping my partner would let me mess with his hair, but he keeps telling me no. <laughs> There's still time. There's still time. I mean, time. he's smart. That's smart. But yeah. I still want to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's. I'm not really allowed to be too creative with my hair, and I've always wanted to be because I'm an actor. And so, if I like show up with a weird haircut and dyed hair, that's a very specific role I'm going to get cast in if I get cast at all.
0: Right. But now I'm stuck inside and nothing's filming. So, <laughs> right. I mean, we're about to, I think there's conversations of us getting hair dyes. So, I don't think that's gonna show up on my hair because i my hair is completely black. Yeah. So I'm hoping again, I can talk my partner into let me dye his hair bright blue or something. We'll see. Right.
1: Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> so look out for those pictures, <laughs> listeners. We Ruh-roh. and speaking of listeners, we do have some listener mail in this one. But first we have one more quick break for a word from our sponsor.
2: got to tell you about Best Fiends. It's the game pretty much everybody's talking about. Morgan number no. 2 plays this sometimes before we start the show. You know, it really challenges your brain with the fun puzzles, but it's also a very casual game, so it won't stress you out, which is perfect these days, right? What's great is you can use the game as a way to connect with your friends and your family, all while social distancing. The game is so much more than your average mobile puzzle game. It's five-star rated with over 100 million downloads, Apple App Store, or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Check it out. I do think you'll like it. Friends without the R, Best Fiends.
1: This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. So we know, listeners, it's been rough for a lot of people out there. And we've been very open about our experiences with therapy and how it's been so helpful for us in the past and in the present. And because of that, we wanted to highlight a service that we think might be of help to you all. BetterHelp, which offers licensed online counselors who are trained to listen and to help.
0: You can talk with your counselors in a private online environment at your own convenience from wherever you're comfortable. And BetterHelp counselors have expertise in a broad range of areas.
1: They can give you access to help that might not be available in your area. And you just have to fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs and then get matched with a counselor
0: in under 48 hours. BetterHelp is an affordable option and our listeners get 10% off your first month with a discount code MOMSTUFF.
1: Get started today at betterhelp.com MOMSTUFF. That's better, H-E-L-P.com slash MOMSTUFF. Talk to a therapist online and get help. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. So yes, loving hearing from you listeners as always and thought we would. Read some.
0: Right. Uh, first, of all, we just want to give a shout out to all the people who are messaging us. Thank you so much. There's been so many people talking about all of the good stuff that we're talking about as well suggestions. So please keep those coming yes. and we do read them. And hopefully, it'll be underway. As In fact, I think one of our upcoming book club's uh, listener suggestions. Yes. So, yay. But yes, yeah, so Hannah wrote... Hope you're staying sane and safe. Now that I guess Georgia is allowed to move around, which is terrifying. And by the way, just on a side note, Annie and I are not moving
1: around.
0: Nope. (laughs) Staying in. (laughs) Um, But Hannah writes I wanted to tell you that my friend Katie and I have been hosting a podcast for about a year about made for TV movies called One Kiss Means Forever, which, by the way, is a great title. Yes. um, Because that's basically all you get in these movies. This seems like a good time to suggest it, as it is completely about escapism movies. We do talk a lot about. Hallmark, and though not exclusively. Yes, and the Hallmark channel definitely has those. I think while they may not talk about it exclusively,
1: Hallmark is exclusively that.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. So that's obviously a good note. I know where Lifetime is all the tragedy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But we're very aware that these are not good movies, but they definitely have a place and a purpose. We try to highlight when we see feminism, which generally makes the movies more palatable. I know this is not really your thing. Actually, I've watched a few. Don't worry. I've watched a few. I can see Samantha getting into it. I've watched a few. But you did ask for suggestions of podcasts made by women. And since we're all stressed out, it might be just what some people need. We try to keep it funny as much as possible. Thanks, Hannah. I actually really would love that. Because who doesn't love, A, making fun of some really cheesy movies and cheesy acting. Mm. But B, pretending like everything's going to be okay at the end of the hour and 30 minute (laughs) segments.
1: Yeah. um, So listeners probably know I'm not, this is not my world, but I do love it. And I think I would enjoy a podcast even without having seen it because you just know that trope so much. But um, I think two years ago, I bought on one of my best friends, Katie, and we did a bonus holiday episode where she shared her expertise with Mm. all of the Hallmark holiday movies. So I I heard,
0: I listened to that one. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That's how, yes, I listened to that one. So again, if you guys are looking for an easy escape podcast, it is One Kiss Means Forever. Yes.
1: And now uh, we have a letter from another listener who asked to remain anonymous. They wrote, I hope this letter finds its way to you. I am an avid listener of your podcast. In particular, I listened to your entire trauma mini series last year. That series was very timely for me as I have been going through my own journey the past year and a half to make peace with some things that happened to me when I was much younger. As part of this healing journey, together with a friend of mine who is a professional trauma therapist, I have created a site called The Impact Project. The Impact Project offers a space for victims of sexual assault to create and share an impact statement, completely anonymously, if they would like, about how the experience has affected their life years, decades, or a lifetime after it occurred. We are using these statements to create a piece of art in the form of a word cloud within an image. We want to use survivors' own words to show and educate people about the complex and long-term impacts of sexual assault. Each of our individual journeys will contribute to the collective narrative of our unique but shared experiences. This project has been in the works for a long time, long since before anyone had ever heard of COVID-19. I debated with myself a lot about whether to push forward with the launch now or to wait, but ultimately decided to launch now despite the pandemic. At a high level, I feel that COVID-19 has set off all of my triggers, both from my sexual assault and from my complex PTSD, even though those triggers have nothing to do with COVID-19. Just the constant state of heightened anxiety I now find myself in has brought All of my trauma responses screaming back to the forefront. I feel like now more than ever, people who have experienced trauma need an outlet to talk about it. The Impact Project offers one such space. I wanted to reach out to both of you, in part because of people like you speaking out about sexual assault and trauma that inspired me to create this project. So thank you for doing the mini series and for highlighting these difficult and under-discussed topics. I also wanted to reach out to both of you because you have talked about being survivors yourselves and I thought you might find what we're doing interesting. I also know that these are weird, stressful, busy times and you don't know me at all. So I get if you don't want to or are not able to respond right now. I would just like to offer the site as something you can check out if you have the time and mental energy to do so. The site is at impact-project.com.
0: Yeah, and we did definitely go check it out. And it's an amazing project. It's really beautiful. I love projects like this because I think it's so important. Um, I actually had a whole thing way back when, when I was going through a lot of my trauma and triggers and trying to open up, that it's so important to be able to say what you need to in your own words. So thank you so much. This is an amazing, amazing project.
1: Absolutely. I really, really... It was beautiful and inspiring. And um, you listeners are doing stuff like this all the time that we find amazing. And I definitely agree that just the constant anxiety is very triggering. So I, yeah. I believe people absolutely are looking for things like this if that's something they're experiencing. So thank you again. And, and thanks, thanks to all of you listeners who are writing in. Keep those messages coming. We want to know what you're doing. What's your quarantine haircut? Um, what movies should we watch? What, what should our next watch party be? Our next book be? Any and all suggestions, thoughts, we love them. Uh, you can email us at momstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Instagram at Stuff Mom Never Told You or on Twitter at Mom Stuff Podcast. Thanks as always to our super producer, Andrew Howard. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff Mom Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
0: Hi, I'm Amy Nelson.
2: And I'm Sam Edis. We're the hosts of iHeart's newest podcast, What's Her Story with Sam and Amy?
0: We both have our own businesses, and between us, we have seven children. And since the moment we met, we've been sharing our stories with each
2: other. The thing is, we all know the stories of industry titans like Bezos and Jobs, but the stories of women, they remain incomplete. We ask questions no one else even touches. We are not afraid to get personal. So listen to What's Her Story with Sam and Amy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: What if I told you that UFOs, haunted houses, and even inexplicable magic tricks are all caused by the same creature? And what if I told you these powerful and ancient beings are meant to be feared? The Hidden Djinn, a new podcast from iHeartRadio and Aaron Mankey's Grim and Mild. Explores the legends of these ancient and terrifying creatures. Join me, Rabia Chaudhry, as we step into the world of the hidden
0: jinn. Listen to the hidden jinn on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.